Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. Yep, in the bullpen today, we have our dear friend, our brother from another mother. We have Shelly Winter, conservative talk radio host extraordinaire, and also political pundit. Good day, sir. Welcome. How are you, my brother? I'm doing good, brother. All right, good man. To, good to see you. Good to see you too, man. It's always good to see you, brother. So we're going to try to keep the train on the tracks, all right? We're going to make an attempt to do so. Uh, naturally, the, the big news, and I'm actually happy they have somebody because at least legislation can move forward. But we're talking about Mike Johnson, Congressman Johnson, now Speaker of the House, all right? I don't want to presume what you know or believe about the new Speaker. So if you would, give us your sentiment and I will then opine. I, uh, for three weeks, I've been hammering the Republicans on my show on 95.5 WSB Radio here in Atlanta. I've been hammering them, um, calling them childish, calling them um, lack of leadership, uh, calling them all sorts of names that we probably can't use on family television. Um, I've been very critical of them. I was critical of them for getting rid of McCarthy and not having a plan B. I understand maybe you have some problems with McCarthy, but at least have a plan B. That way, when you vote to get rid of them, you have somebody well, I mean, waiting in the well to vote for them next and put them in and we ha- we miss, uh, we have no days off. Um, so I was very unhappy for the last three weeks. Um, I think Mike Johnson uh, is the pick that people got tired of waiting and his name and number came up at the right right time uh, for Republicans who were just tired of going through this process. And they were also hearing from a lot of their constituents and people like me who were tired of seeing nobody there, particularly with a war going on in the Middle East um, and no leader in the House here in, 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 in Congress. So um, uh, like you, I was very critical of them. I, I, I don't mind Mike Johnson. Um, he's more conservative than a McCarthy. Um, but McCarthy was called a, a conservative by the Democrats. So whoever's the Republican Speaker of House is going to be is going to be called a, a Trump supporting, MAGA supporting conservative conservative that's dangerous for democracy. Um, Is Mike Johnson that? I don't think so. Uh, Are there some things that I disagree with him on? Um, Absolutely. Uh, But I don't think that he is um, uh, going to be this uh, devil as a speaker speaker that the Democrats are making him out to be. Although they would have made anybody out. They made Jordan to be be that if he would have won Scalise and on, on, name the the list, name the names. Yeah, Republicans do that as well to Democrat Democratic leadership is the political interplay. But let's talk about Johnson outside of the branding and outside of the name calling. Let's talk about him practically as a policy leader as he is elected. Uh, It was his amicus brief. And this is the reason why people say he's basically a Trump acolyte. He's the guy, the only guy who filed an amicus brief. Two-thirds of Republicans in Congress signed off on the amicus brief that provided the foundation or the legal platform to say that Donald Trump should remain in office because of these allegations of the election being stolen. Now I'm paraphrasing a very long brief. In your estimation of everything that happened, let me first ask this question. Did Trump have the election stolen from him and Biden is an illegitimate president. No, 
Okay. No more than Democrats calling Trump and George W. Bush an illegitimate president. Good enough. Right. So All right. Let's so we'll agree. Right. Good. We, right. We'll agree. Now, the guy who disagrees with you and who went before members of Congress got mm-hmm. them to sign it, yep. filed it. He disagrees. He believes right. that Trump should be in power today. I think something contrary that, to the Constitution, right? And contrary I, I, to the will of the voter, right? I disagree with that. Um, and that's one don't you think that, that's a big thing to disagree with? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I'll tell you why. I'll okay. tell you why. Because he wasn't the only one. And when you say he that's got, the well, listen, not, not, I already agreed with you. So now okay. let's go forward. Why it's not dangerous or not, you okay. know, a spooky demon? Um, because. Like you said, you you phrase it as he got 100 or two thirds of the Republican House to agree with him. No, he didn't get them to agree with them. He, he got they them all, to sign it. Well, he, they he got, got to sign them, it. They, he passed, they endorsed he, the amicus brief. Right, so because this they is outside all, of political because projection. he agreed because they agreed with him. Because they agreed with him. Um, many Republican voters to this day agree that Donald Trump had the stole, election stolen from him. Just mm-hmm. like thousands of Democrats in the state of Georgia, many of them your friends and my friends, believe Stacey Abrams lost twi- didn't lose twice, won twice. So there's, there's this idea in this country where both sides believe when they lose an election that it's been stolen. Mm-hmm. I think it's incredibly dangerous for both sides to talk like that. Because okay. all you do is take the trust out of the system from regular voters. Voters. Allow me um, to respond to that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so I, I understand your point in a generalized tone, but we're talking specifically about an individual who becomes part of the um, line or the lineage to become president of the United States if the right people happen to uh, either become unavailable or die, right? You also have a person who now is the speaker of the House, one of the most powerful positions uh, naturally inside of the government. Uh, and one would argue that person has more power than a vice president of the United States has, given that power is only allocated by way of allowance through a president. So this person is not just the general public is my point. And there are things that are accepted among the general public in our political discourse that we would say we choose not to have that same value system codified inside of one of our actual leaders because now you are antithetical to the notion of democracy. Because if you agree, allow me to finish. Let me finish. If you agree that the election was not stolen, that democracy actually reigned and ruled, that people chose the election, but you have a guy who's now in governmental leadership elected by the same process known as democracy, saying, no, 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 no. Forget what everyone said by way of their vote. Forget about the sentiment of the majority of the people of this country. Forget what the Constitution says. Forget what the law says. I want Trump to remain president. That is a problem. When you contextualize that in the fact that he's a leader in the US Congress and now Speaker of the House. That's none of that. All of that is pure hyperbole, sir. Mm. First of all, because the vice president certifies the election. So in 2025, if, if let's say the Democrat wins, all he can do is pontificate from his speaker's uh, leadership position uh, because he is in no way, shape or form there to certify the election. As a matter of fact, when Kamala Harris would be certifying the election or whomever, uh, well, she would be because she would be the uh, sitting vice president, she'd be caught codifying, certifying the election for the Democrat if they were to win. He would be sitting behind her, as was Kevin McCarthy and those behind years past. Um, so, so the point is that. So 
these ideas in our politics about people having thoughts about stolen elections, having thoughts about whether Ukraine should get funding or Israel should get funding or whether Palestine, uh, Palestinians are the real victim. All of those ideas are held by all the members of the Congress who all have an opportunity to be the Speaker of the House. The idea that because he's the third in line makes him more dangerous than the rest, I don't think, I think it's fallacy. Do I, just, do I agree with everything? I don't. But I like him as a speaker because finally, I believe conservatives have a voice in a leadership position. And I think that's that's the new thing. And that's what, as a pundit and as a conservative, I'm very interested to see how that plays out. Is is his is his career, has his career, excuse me, has his career been a talking game because he's in ruby red, solid red Louisiana, or is he really a conservative? And we'll find that out. Um, I do like line item voting. I do want to see a vote for Ukraine funding separate than Israeli funding, separate than border funding. He, he's for that. Those things are everyday issues that regular voters can understand and, and agree or disagree with. I'm not going to get lost in the discussion on what he voted for, amicus brief, all that stuff. And it's fair. I'm not saying it's not a fair criticism. I'm just saying that I want to see going forward. Is, is this guy going to uh, be a speaker that's really a conservative and do conservative things? Because that's what the base really wants. Yeah, I think he's a conservative that will do the things Trump tells him to do. And I, I, think that's, I think that's demeaning. I think that's well, insulting well, and demeaning. It's true, but it's I don't true. think it's true. I don't think it's true. I Wait think a minute, let me tell you why it's true. I'm going okay. to tell you why it's true. Because um, he was there before Trump. I know that. Everybody was. Right. Yeah. But go ahead. Okay. So the amicus brief was filed directly because this is according to Mike Johnson. The amicus brief was filed because Trump and him had a conversation. He literally said, I just had a conversation with Donald Trump yesterday. Mm -hmm. And out of that conversation sparked the amicus brief plan. Because and, he already and, agreed with the election being stolen. Okay, understand, sir. You, you, understand. you understand. Wait a minute, sir. But you. I'm saying, but you, you understand you all of this is because everything. What I just said was demeaning to Mr. Johnson. No, However, no, no. it was Congressman Johnson himself right, who no, said, no. I'm doing this because I have the blessing of Donald Trump. Donald Trump because also they endorsed all agree, Johnson. Because Right, because the all Donald Trump also endorsed Jim Jordan. He lost. Donald oh, that, Trump. That, well, right, right. I mean, that, that's he, an interesting right. dynamic, but right. that has nothing to do with the fact that this individual may simply do what. Uh, what you would have said that about Jim Jordan or Steve Scalise. Yeah, you yeah, said that yeah, about yeah, Kevin yeah, McCarthy. Yeah. When Kevin yeah, so McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, hold on, no, I, when I Kevin McCarthy was a House Speaker, I thought Kevin McCarthy, McCarthy was was a horrible, is a horrible representative, but I don't think he did simply. Everything you guys uh, said Trump he told did. To do. You guys said he say, did. Come on, come on, dear brother. Well, I'm okay, not. Sorry. I'm not general right, right, behind what fair other enough, people have said enough, against you, dear brother. The I, I, can't, said, I can't answer for everybody enough, in the world. Fair enough. Right, okay. and I can't answer for all Republicans. But That's right. Fair enough. Democrats said McCarthy was just a Trump acolyte. Every Republican that's Listen, come that's down to politics, dear brother. We're talking about a man who. But that's what you just said. But you just said this man was literally willing to violate the fundamental principles of democracy. No, Our he, entire he was actually using the legal. No, he was actually using the legal foundations that a constitution allows us to do, which is challenge an election. That is constitution. It's in it. You can challenge let's, an election. Let's you talk can. about. Okay, let's talk about the. You, um, you can challenge an election now. Okay, do you, you said it three times. I, I want to respond to that. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, uh, you can absolutely challenge an election. The amicus brief was more than just a challenge to an election. It was a challenge to democracy. It clearly shows, like you just said on my show, 
right. clearly, uh, the man was not elected for a second term. You, as an elected official who is empowered by the same system, will say, you know what? The people who elected me, uh, forget y'all. I don't give a damn about you all's vote or how democracy actually works. I'm going to file this amicus brief saying that it shouldn't work that way in this case. You don't find that to be quite hypocritical and problematic. I, 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 that's, that's, a, not, a, a that's not what the amicus brief, the amicus brief did not say that, and you know it. The amicus brief Come was on. filed to challenge the Come amicus on, brief. Come the on. amicus brief was filed to mm. challenge the legitimacy of the election, meaning mm. based mm -hmm. on fraudulent election outcomes in several states. That didn't and part, let me finish. And part of that was four states, all their Supreme Courts, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, and I can't remember the fourth one, all changed their voting laws, the Supreme Court did, and not the state legislature. And that was the premise of all those amicus briefs that states, Supreme Courts, judicial um, branches of state governments who are not empowered to change state law, constitutionally federal and state um, only allow state legislatures so to change let me, election let me give law. You the, uh, and so that was a challenge. That. that was that was the basis right. of these briefs. Right. And the Supreme and it, Court struck them all down. Right. So that, that's the point. Right. So so let me. That's not the point because the Supreme no, Court struck down vote. The Supreme Court. My point. Wait, the Supreme Court struck down Roe v. Uh -huh. Roe, Roe v. Wade, and we just mm -hmm. had a big argument about it on several weeks, several months ago. And you disagree okay. with the Supreme Court then. Now the Supreme yeah. Court knows what it's doing. Come on, Wait a minute, dear brother. Let stay, me stay consistent. Stay consistent. Oh, I'm extremely consistent, dear stay brother. Consistent. Your game, your games do not impact you, sir. <laughs> you don't frame things for me. So let you me. You framed respond. it yourself. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. Let me, let me respond to your initial proclamation about. The amicus brief. The amicus brief was a frivolous lawsuit in every single sense of the word. And that frivolous lawsuit was kicked out on the merit <laughs> that it had no merit. Uh, the reality is people voted. They voted based on the rules that were codified at that time. And the majority of the voters get their say, period. You're dismissed, goodbye. So let's come to the Roe v. Wade dynamic you just mentioned, because I do find it ironic. You agree? Do you agree that? Uh, Mike Johnson is actually a conservative because it seemed like you were. I think he. I, 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 I said. I said earlier. Mm -hmm. We'll find out if his rhetoric matches okay. his leadership. Uh, his leadership. Okay. Um, will will those things match up? Um, I do believe, based on his past policy positions, his okay. past rhetoric, that he is a conservative. However, can a conservative, just like can a far progress, far, far left progressive, mm -hmm. rule the uh, be speaker of any, of the house in such a divided partisan uh, country? I don't think a hard okay. right conservative can bring and galvanize Democrats to get bipartisan issues done. Yeah. I I think he's going to have to move a little bit more to the center. We'll see if he does that. All right. So, final, I'm getting to wrap up. I know it's almost time, and I appreciate you being on the show today, brother. I appreciate uh, you having me. Absolutely. At the end of the day, because to me, this is the most problematic thing. If Donald Trump tells him to do the unthinkable, if Donald Trump tells him to do something that we all would agree on th at this moment that it's illegal to do that. And Trump tells him to do it, knowing good and damn well Trump has a propensity to do things. I'd like be on that. your side of the fence with my picket, pick my picket, my pitchfork, my, okay. my my flaming whatever you call those things, my signs, my everything. I'll be right there with you, and probably seventy percent of Republicans and conservatives. I won't say Republicans in this case. I'll say conservatives okay, sure. would be right behind us. I think that answer has integrity. I hope that 70% number is actually true. Absolutely. And I will Absolutely. say this, I will say this about your character. 
I remember listening to you on your radio show and you were critical of Trump because Trump started to come after the governor of Georgia and you and you decided to make a stand. You said what you said, you meant what you said. And I could appreciate leadership on that. Now, as far as uh, what you tap dancing around today, not so much. But <laughs> that's but racist, I appreciate sir. It I don't that. tap dance. I, I, I break dance, brother. <laughs> All right, brother. Always good to see you. You too, Thank my you, brother. brother. Peace right. out. Peace out.